Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you said good morning. That's why I was like, Hello. good morning. Good morning and welcome. And a glorious morning. It makes me sick. Good evening. And welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I'm your host, Casper. And I am your other host, Becky Grimlin. And... <laughs> Bringing you all things spooky on Wednesdays because Wednesdays are for podcasts. Sorry, we just actually no, I'm not sorry. I'm because... not. We've been we've been laughing for the past hour over stupid shit. So it it was bound to happen. We're starting the podcast a little later, guys. But in our defense, this is only the second time in eighty four years. That we've seen each other. It's actually been two months. No, it's legit. Yeah. It's two months is legit a really two months. two months is a really long time to go without seeing someone that, that you've, you've seen, seen once a week. Once a for week for over, over a year. Over a year. <laughs> so. Listen, y'all. It's like you have two months two months of catching up to do in two hours before a podcast. So. It's, it's terrible. It's it's <laughs> It, today has been terrible, though, because of, like, people are everywhere. Like, they actually just started finally reopening businesses yesterday and today. And yeah, so it's guys... It's really busy everywhere. We're not sure where you guys are, but um, if this is uh, your first time listening to us, welcome. If it isn't, um, we are based here <laughs> in Ohio our <clears throat> this whole time. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we're in Ohio, uh, and... We now are uh, businesses, uh, well, officially things are really supposed to start opening back on the 15th, but there's a few things that have started opening already, and um, I don't know. Uh, I think people, some people are probably just wanting to get out, but being cautious, and then I think there's the others that are just full-on balls You'll to never the ball. see me again! <laughs> like, literally, exactly, like, they don't, they give zero fucks about any of this, and I don't know. That's a little weird to I me, read a meme today but... that said, did America just get tired of the coronavirus and they were over it? That's what it sounds like. Because that's kind of what it sounds like, and we have to remember that that's still a thing. It's still happening, and you still need to be careful. Like, if you want to go out and stuff, that's fine, but you need you need to be careful. You need to still distance yourself from people. I think everybody took a stupid pill when it came to driving today, I tell you that much. <laughs> well, this is my take on it the more I keep hearing about it. And people can form their own opinions on it however they see fit. But, and this pretty much goes with anything. If you keep yourself isolated, you're not giving your immune system any chance of building itself up, strengthening itself, and being able to fight things off. Whether they're new viruses, new bacteria, old, new, whatever. You're not giving your body a chance if you isolate yourself. It was good to do for a small amount of time, and it's even better to do with people that have pre pre-existing conditions but at this point we need to start getting back out there but being cautious and careful and there are ways to boost your immune system look into it it is not that vitamin difficult C. vitamins supplements simple exercises changing small things in your 
diet function, meditations, so many different things that can, so many different little tiny things that you can change your life to boost your immune system that are essential to your and body. It, and it would be better, it would be good for you anyway, even, even not to just a boost, oh, <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> Not just to boost your immune system, but just period. Just anyway, it's, like that's why I said, life. it's just good for your life in general. So yeah, um, the more we now know about this, it just, a lot of people got sick. We didn't know enough about it. It was something new and now people's bodies just have to fight it off and it sucks and people got really fucking sick and it's terrible. And yes, unfortunately, some people died as well. Not nearly as many as they thought, thank goodness. But not to make light of it at all, um, I definitely agree people need to start getting back out there. The economy is dying right now. People need to get back to work. People need their jobs. People need, people just need money and need to get back to work and need to sustain some type of living. People that went on, people, you know, almost half of this country lives paycheck to paycheck. So no paycheck we, we can't keep doing this. Open things back up, but be careful about it. Keep your distance from Don't people. Wear Don't masks. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, God save me from yes. TikTok. No, we needed, you needed the humor today. But no, just, people just need to be careful. Just be careful. You know, don't. You know, but but completely shutting things down and keeping things completely shut down till. Oh, my God, there's some places talking about till the summer, till the end of the summer. And mm-hmm. and I don't think so that's viable at all. I don't I don't <clears throat> think that's viable. That's that's killing the economy. You got to do some soft openings so you can then start there's to just people- slowly get back to normal. There's people that are doing it the right way. Yes. And I think that as long as it's continued to be done the right way, people are going to be fine. They're going to be fine. I got a tattoo appointment in two months. Oh, hopefully I will soon. Hopefully. Guys, me and Becky are getting matching tattoos. Woo-hoo! Not in the same spot, but hey, they're still matching. She has more tattoos than me. Yeah. So I have, <laughs> I I have more of a field of like artwork I can mess with. And Casper has way more room left on her body. Than also, think, this so. is going to be the start of my horror sleeve. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So in the next, whenever my tattoo artist gets back to me in the next few months, I'm planning on having my matching tattoo with Casper and my orphan black tattoo. We just talk about it. Can we just talk about it? Can we talk about how I screamed in my house by myself? Guys, listen. So before Sunday, we get into the podcast tonight, um, Sunday, Sunday at three p.m. For Eastern, our orphan black fans who who need Facebook, to know this live, orphan black, the entire cast. Sunday at three p.m. Eastern, they are doing script readings. I was even happy to see <clears throat> Paul. I told you you'd like Paul. I know, I don't want to talk. <laughs> when you see the whole cast sitting there, and then you're like, where is everybody? And then you're like, wait. Watch, wait. Think about the fact that we get to watch her voice the different clones, but look the same. That's going to fuck me up. 
I'm going to be like, wait, what? I'm going to be like, I have to close my eyes. Beth, <laughs> Beth's partner. I kept forgetting his name. Art. When I saw Art again, like I saw Tatiana and my heart. And then I was like, oh, Delphine. And then I was like, oh, Art. And then I was like, did you scream when you saw Felix? Because I did. <laughs> Felix is my man. When they were all saying their names, like as he's like, Felix. <laughs> and then Tatiana started doing the voices. And she's like, Helena. I was like. She did all the. See, it's I'm so funny just... when people post. Sorry, guys. Like, we love Orphan Black so much. We when love. When you see people post a picture. There's a picture of her in a head towel. And someone was like. We don't even know what clone this is. And I was like, bitch, that's Allison. <laughs> I was like, you cannot, if you watch this show, you know which clones they are. By the facial expressions. But it's from a picture. Oh, I, I got excited when I saw Donnie. Because I, Donnie? Donnie? <laughs> also love the fact that he's in Ready or Not. Oh, that made me so happy. Donnie, I love you. <laughs> God, if there was ever a a husband, if there was ever a fictional husband that I love more than anything, it is Donnie, Donnie. fucking Hendrix. Donnie? He stuck by my her. side. My husband and Donnie Hendrix are the greatest husbands. <laughs> well, he's not fictional. <laughs> I mean, I know my husband's not, but if Donnie was real. Christian Braun is. My husband. I don't even know if he's married. And Donnie would be the greatest husbands. <laughs> It's just so weird seeing her not dressed up as any of them yeah, and doing their voices. A, it's fucking rough, with me. That's a rough. And it's going to be live, so I can't wait to see if she fucks up. Because <laughs> in, in bloopers, she does. Oh, I I love it when she's like, you need to talk to Kusima. I'm Kusima. <laughs> and I'm like, how many wait. times would you do that, though? Oh, my God. It's <laughs> like having multiple personality disorder. Like, I have to have multiple personality disorder to do to, this show. To play clones. Because I'm all the same character, basically. Not, well, same actor, different characters. She's incredible. I'm so excited. I hope you guys are excited about it. I screamed. I was so happy. I, like, threw my... I was at work, and I yelped, and my phone fell out of my hand, and it was it was. Just if my lot. phone would have fell out of my hand, it would have fell in the bathtub, and I'd have been pissed. So... <laughs> I was telling a friend about it, I was and in the she tub was like, and screamed in the bathroom. She was like, "I can feel your excitement through this text message." And oh, I was my, like, "When it comes to orphan body. black, I turn into an absolute buffoon." I'm like, "I have never loved a show <laughs> as much as I love." <sighs> I'm if like, if she ever seen... comes to a convention near here, oh, I'm I don't want to talk about mind. it. I don't even want to talk about it. Don't Honestly, any even of them. Want any of them. Any oh, of shit. them could come. Especially, what's his name? Because, uh, oh my God. Because I'd be like, Haunting of Hill House, Game of Thrones, Orphan Black. What? You know what I'm talking about, too. I can see his face. But I can't what's her name's his... dad? Like, Kira's dad. Kira's dad. Help us, guys. <laughs> It's almost like I can hear Sarah's voice saying his name. <laughs> but it's like... <laughs> Paul. No, not Paul. I'm just like, Paul. No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not Paul. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, we love... It. Paul took a minute. And I'm so glad you told me, like, just hold on to Paul because... 
And if you guys haven't seen Orphan Black, massive spoiler alert, I would fast forward the next minute. Um, I also had to tell her Cal. about Delphine Cal. not dying. Cal. Cal. Delphine not dying because at the end of a season, she's shot. So you don't know if she's alive. And that's also the same episode where Siobhan's mother was killed. So Cosima's going through a lot. And I was like... I'm going to just tell you right now that Delphine lives and not make you go through the hell I went through for an entire year because we all thought that Delphine was dead. And I just realized the guy from Saw 6 was in Orphan Black. I'm like... It all comes back to Orphan Black. Because I'm like... I'm like... He was in Orphan Black? Who was he in Orphan Black? I'm like, Hank. Who? Who was Hank? He was the Prolethean leader. Oh, that motherfucker. The one that Helena fucking... Look. (laughs) Does he get killed? And and so... He's the insurance adjuster in the sixth one. Because it's been a long time. I don't remember the sixth one. I don't remember either. (laughs) I haven't gotten to the Because I would love to see him tortured. Uh, (laughs) Because... Look, we are still going to do an Orphan Black episode. It was like me watching Urban Legends and seeing the janitor and being like, oh my god, he's an Orphan Black. It's like, it doesn't matter what any of these people are in. If they're in any, in if they've been in Orphan Black and I see them in something else, I scream, oh, oh my oh. god, they're in Orphan oh, Black. Oh yeah, same. When I watched Handmaid's same. Tale and fucking Donnie showed up as her doctor, I was like, what? Um, <laughs> if any of you have never seen it, if any of you out there still have cable. It is on BBC America On Demand every single episode, all the seasons. If you have Amazon Prime, unfortunately, you have to buy it. I would suggest buying it because it's that fucking good. I own all of it on DVD. But like, if you, it's so. But for anybody out there that doesn't want to buy it or anything, BBC America does stream it. Yes, they even stream it if you don't have cable. And if you're like, I don't know if I'd like that because you're really big into the horror genre and you're not much into that. It's sci-fi. And honestly, it is one of the, it is a thriller. And it is so consistent from beginning to end. It is perfection. There is literally nothing that I can ever say that I would, like, the acting is phenomenal. The There's a reason that show won Emmys. So... Give it a try. I yeah. When I first heard about it, I was like, this sounds stupid. I don't want to watch it. I decided to watch the first episode at 10 o'clock at night, and I was up till 6 a.m. Guys, honest so, to God, it really, <clears throat> the main thing, and I know it's not horror, but the main thing about the show is the fact that it is so consistent, and that, I feel like, has lacked a lot in network television in a long time. And it's one of those shows that stayed consistent every single season. Every single season stayed consistent, kept you enthralled, kept the story strong, and ended on the perfect note. So if not to mention this is why we're so excited about them getting back together because it ended in 2015. And then they did a cereal yeah. box episode or the cereal box series um where they actually read their roles. Um, but one other thing about this show that I love so much, and for all you LGBTQ community people out there, there has not been a show that has represented that community, this community, our community, 
Yeah. Better, I swear to God, not even the L word. <laughs> like, the, this fucking show has transgender, lesbian, gay, um, bisexual, um, pansexual, and it's all just <clears throat> not labeled. None of it's labeled. They're just people. Like, just like Cosima says, my sexuality is not the most, um, is not the most interesting thing about me. And that's, none of it is about sexuality. There are gay characters, yes, but they, they're just like, there are gay characters. Cosima means everything to me. Um, us. Us. She does mean everything to us. <laughs> she does mean everything to us. She really does. Cosima is life. She really is. <laughs> and if you guys watch the show, you understand. So anyway, let's get started on our podcast. Now that Catherine... we've talked about Orphan Black for... Right. I almost said Catherine Black. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, now that we're talking about Orphan Black, but yes. New true amazing. crime episode tonight, guys, about Catherine Knight. Yes. Catherine Knight uh, was a woman from Australia who was actually the first Australian woman to be sentenced to life in prison without parole for murder, guys. Not a serial killer, but... No, 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 no. Not a serial killer. She definitely wasn't a serial killer. She only actually murdered one person. Um, Had she had the chance, she probably would have been. Oh, she definitely would have been. Yeah. Um, So, guys, we haven't really delved a lot into subjects with women specifically we did our eileen episode which was great we hope you guys enjoyed it um and we have a very soft spot for her which we explained in detail why during that episode and the last time we really focused on any women as far as killers was when we did our mothers that kill episode and that one was really different because we wanted to show such a contrast. You know, there was the one mother that clearly had postpartum depression, but then there was the other mother that was just a selfish bitch and just didn't give two shits about her kids. So there was a real dichotomy with that episode. This one I wanted to do because I wanted to bring back that same type of dichotomy to give kind of a yin and a yang from, from Eileen to who Catherine was because even both, even though both women were very, very troubled and had very troubled upbringings, one of them killed for a completely different reason than the other. And even though both were wrong, we have our reasons for why we felt like Eileen was just a very damaged, tortured person rather than just being completely evil and crazy. Whereas Catherine Knight is fucking evil and crazy. This woman is definitely... A, I wouldn't call her a serial killer. She's definitely a murderer. What I would call her is a serial abuser. This woman was an abuser. This woman physically abused men, which is really awful because men are so much less likely to report instances of domestic violence or sexual assault, um, whether they're in a hetero or homosexual relationship. Because it's so stigmatized, even to this day, especially if it's a woman that's assaulted you. You're you're considered less of a man, you're considered a punk, a pussy, whatever, 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 whatever stupid stereotype is out there. And that is absolutely ridiculous. A lot of men don't fight back because they know that if they if they do, a woman will immediately run to the police 
and say that he abused her and the police will believe her. And that's what, that's a lot of what Catherine would do too. She knew that she could hit these men and abuse them and wail on them in any way that she wanted. And she would get away with it time and again, because she's a woman. And if they even tried to lay a hand on her, she'd turn around and say, he abused me. And it, it's just really awful. Fucked. It's just really fucked up what she did to a lot of men. She just, she, she made them terrified, you know? And But she got off on that. Totally. She did. loved it. She loved the fact, she was so she loved damaged. scaring people. She was so damaged that she loved the fact that she could damage other people. So it was like someone that's bullied that turns into a bully. They love bullying. They get off on it, even though they were bullied. So it's it's essentially it's a power the same trip, thing. Total power it's trip. Oh my god, and that was her power, it's a total trip, power yeah. trip. Um, we watched an amazing uh documentary on YouTube that Absolutely. was taken from a TV show on um it's I it's apparently an Australian TV show called Beyond the Darklands. And this aired back in 2017, and this particular episode was all about Catherine Knight. So um got some really extensive notes from there. Um, and then I'll just kind of, we'll kind of bounce back and forth between using Wikipedia as kind of a little bit of a guide. But to start off, so like we said, Catherine um, was born in Australia. Uh, she was specifically born in a small town called Aberdeen, which is in the bigger city of South Wales, Australia. Um, she was born um, on October 24th, 1955. So... From birth, her story was really crazy. So her mom and her father lived in a very small town, uh, the town of uh, the town of Aberdeen. lived in, the, in the, and they worked in uh, it's called Abattoir over there. But essentially, what it is, it's it's we'll say Abattoir, but it's it's a slaughterhouse. So that's the word they use in Australia. But what we would commonly know here in America would be known as a slaughterhouse. And that's where her mom and dad worked. Well, her mom, Barbara, was actually married to a man named Jack. And they had four sons together and they worked together in this abattoir. Well, Barbara caused this huge scandal by having a affair with Ken, who was her husband's best friend and co-worker. So... This being such a small town, this caused a huge controversy, but Barbara didn't give two fucks. And out of the relationship with Ken bore four more children, two of those children being twins, one of the twin girls being Joy, the other one of the twin girls being Catherine. Um, so after that, uh, Barbara's first husband died. And Barbara was left taking care of eight children total. So the four sons from Jack and the four kids with Ken. Um, <clears throat> apparently her relationship with Ken was just absolutely awful. He was an alcoholic. He beat her constantly. Um, Catherine admitted to witnessing her father beat and rape her mother. Um and her mother would tell her just the most horrific stories of their sex life and basically had Catherine at a very young age mind so warped of what sex. So her mom basically taught her that sex equated to violence. 
And if a man wasn't violent with you when he had sex with you or vice versa, then that wasn't love. And this is something she's telling a four and a five-year-old. So this four and five-year-old is witnessing her father brutally beat and have sex with her mom right in front of her or at least close enough to where she can hear it and witness it. And then her mother telling her in detail that, well, that's what you're supposed to do. So from that point on, Catherine just completely disassociated her emotions. I think that was just kind of her way of coping it. Like she just, she just wasn't emotional about it. She was just like, well, I guess this is life and this is normal. So from that age, she just normalized this, which is really fucked up to be a five-year-old and normalize something like that. But what else do you do? You don't know what else to do with that. And apparently her, um, this was only according to Catherine. This was never confirmed by anyone. But apparently later on when she was around 11 years old, um, she was sexually assaulted not only by her father, but by her own brothers, her half-brothers, which this was never corroborated by anybody in the family. This was just something that she claimed to have happened, which very well could have happened. Um, She was known to be very violent as a young child, even into a teenager. Uh, She would just have sudden violent fits of rage, like she would just lash out at kids for no reason. that was what she saw. That was what she was taught. So if that's something you've been taught since you were five, you're just doing what you were taught. Exactly. You're doing what you see, you know, um, she landed her dream job at 16, um, at an abattoir. (laughs) My dream job is is to work in a slaughterhouse. I want to butcher animals. Well, this already taught you that she loved to kill because she loved what she would do at her job. Um, so she dropped out of high school when she was 15, got the job at the slaughterhouse when she was 16, and co-workers would talk about the malevolent pleasure she took in death when she would butcher animals with her own set of knives. Was she also treasured? And she would sleep with them above her bed. She took them everywhere with her. And What if one of those knives fell off the ceiling? You know, that was <laughs> when I first heard about her, so uh, I... You guys have heard us reference this before, but last podcast on the left, an amazing, and we mentioned this at the end of the last podcast, that they did a great two-part episode about Catherine Knight, and that was the first time I'd ever heard of her. And when they would talk about her hanging her bed, hanging her knives above her bed, I was like, that takes a lot of trust <laughs> in how you hung those up. Because if you're sleeping, I don't know about you. But it wouldn't take much for one knock or something for that thing. I mean, and it comes down, you better hope it ain't coming towards your body. Oh my God. Like, but yeah, they said that she would basically, um, there was just no emotion whatsoever. She would, she would slit the throats of these animals and just have, just, she would, Actually, she liked watching enjoy them bleed. It. Oh yeah, she really liked that. So, so telltale signs were clearly something was not right about her if she took this much pleasure in watching something die. You know, typically that's 
If that's... they if they like watching animals die, then they're gonna like watching people die. So it's usually the next step from there. So um, a guy that she met at work named uh, David Kellett, uh, he was known uh, by the nickname Shorty. Um, she started hanging out with him outside of work at bars. Um, and it's been said that he possibly was her first, uh, sexual experience, first sexual encounter. Um, after they met, they had sex all the time, all the time. That was definitely Catherine's thing. And that was even something that a lot of men would say that the only reason why they stayed with her was that she was good in bed. Which, uh, I wouldn't know how to feel about that, but apparently it didn't matter to her because she got hers too. And she liked to fuck so much to the point that when her and Kellett later got married, when he fell asleep on their wedding night, he woke up to her choking him so hard because her mother told her that on the wedding night with her father, that it was customary to have sex up to eight times. So because her and David didn't have sex eight times that night, he woke up to her on top of him trying to strangle him. They had actually Y'all listen. They had actually only had sex three times. Y'all listen. The night of my wedding, I'm gonna be fucking tired. I was exhausted. So I can imagine if I even get once. I was so tired. I'm gonna just be like, I I'm so tired. Oh my God, you're so tired. That I just want to sleep. Have you ever seen those pictures where people like after their wedding, they're just like, bitch will be like in full wedding gown and just like. Like, like conked like, out. Oh, that, me. <laughs> Cause you're, you don't sleep the night before at all. And then the whole morning is filled with, Ev, you know, hair done, da 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 da, in the dress, and then you get there, and it, and you're so excited, and da, 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 and so when it's finally so you're over, down from stress and an adrenaline oh, rush, so like much. all at the same so time, so much, yeah, you fucking once, let alone eight, three, whatever, how many goddamn times, yeah, fuck all that. So they were married for a year, um, yeah, or they met in seventy three and got married in seventy four. He remembers her own mother saying to him after they got married. Uh, this is a quote from David that stated Barbara's or uh, Barbara Catherine's mother said to him, "The old girl said to me, you better watch out. You better watch this one, or she'll fucking kill you. Stir her up the wrong way, or do the wrong thing, and you're fucked. Don't ever think of playing up on her. She'll fucking kill you." And that was her mother talking. She told me that she's got a screw loose. She's got something loose. She's got a screw loose somewhere. You better watch out. You better watch out. You better watch out. You better watch out. (laughs) (laughs) So even her own mother said she was fucking crazy. So yeah, poor, poor David. Um, This whole thing should just be called. Poor David. She dated a lot of Davids too. Jesus, this was a really popular name in that part of. There's a lot of Johns and a lot of Davids. Very popular name in Australia, apparently. Um, David, it, I did kind of want to make a side note because they put this in in the notes that David did later die of a heart attack in 2007. So he did not. He did not incur the wrath of of uh, Catherine as far as murder, but he did later die of a heart attack, which I'm 
sure probably had a lot to do with how much the guy drank. God. Um, David's family, specifically his sister, would talk about the violent mood swings that Catherine would have and that she would threaten people with knives. Apparently, David's sister got along with her. Um, which is how you sort of knew that, because I think later on in the trial, she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and maybe like a bipolar disorder that you would see the way her moods would shift. So certain people she would be fine around in certain moments. And then other moments, like just literal flip of a switch, she would just flip the fuck out on people. And she would really take a lot of her anger out on her partners. Um, and she did with David and, uh, in 1976, and this would have just been after a couple of years of marriage, when she was 20 years old, Catherine gave birth to her first child, a daughter named Melissa. At the time um, that Melissa was, or that she was actually pregnant with Melissa, she found out that David was cheating on her. Six weeks after she gave birth to Melissa, she tried to stab David. He later left her, uh, moved in with a new girlfriend. Um, by this time, he'd only been with Catherine for two years. After David left her, uh, she pretty much went crazy. And she was walking around town with Melissa in a pram, which is basically like a baby stroller. And she was thrashing the stroller around. And people were just like, oh, my God, like, what's happening? Um, people... I guess freaked out about what happened and uh, signed her into a psychiatric hospital. And she was let out of the hospital only after two weeks. Which makes me wonder how the fuck as fucked up as this woman was and she got out in two weeks. She must have put on a good show for them. That's exactly what I think happened. I think she was really manipulative. Yeah. And I think she was really good. Women especially are good at this. Yeah. Girl, you don't have to tell me. We can be very good at uh, playing the victim if we have to be, if we want to be. And I, and it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, it's fucked up though. Like the way <laughs> she did it, it's so fucked up how manipulating, how man- absolutely manipulating she was to everybody. So she had to have done, she manipulated this these these people in some way at this hospital because if you saw her throwing this kid around um oh it's also i'm also looking here too they said it was postpartum depression which okay could have been postpartum depression too i don't think so um so after she was released after two weeks she went back to go get melissa But she took her back into town and laid her body down on train tracks as a train was approaching. Somebody did grab her, obviously, before the train came. She went to a neighbor's backyard, grabbed an axe, and started violently swinging it around. She was admitted back to the psych hospital again, but then she signed herself out the same day. On the day that she was discharged, she had asked some random family for help, uh, asking them to help her take her back to her daughter they fell for it and in reality what they had planned what she had planned to do was take them hostage have them drive her to david's mother's house and she was going to kill his mother because in her eyes that was going to be her best way of getting back at david for leaving her and baby melissa was i'm going to drive and kill his mom 
She attacks this random family. Uh, they drive her. They manage to get her to stop. And I mean, it's a whole family, like son, do- like little boy. They manage to get her to stop at a service station, a gas station, because they told the little boy had to go to the bathroom and they were able to flag down the police. She wasn't arrested at all, even after she she took a knife and slashed the face of the one woman, held this family hostage as them terrified, tried to put her baby on a set of train tracks, is threatening people with an axe way before, like just the whole thing is crazy, but nobody, nobody arrests her. Uh, they put her right back into another psychiatric hospital. <laughs> I, she should, I mean, attempted murder should be one thing with putting your child on train tracks. Or child abandonment. I mean, anything. Endangerment, I mean. And for them to call it postpartum depression, okay, maybe, but maybe maybe part of it, but what in the fuck? Like, (laughs) that is pretty fucked up postpartum depression. Um, So now here's the crazy thing. So when Kellett found out that she was in, um, I think this was somewhere near Queensland, uh, I apologize if we have any listeners from Australia in Australia or have been to Australia, but I do not know Australia geography. I barely know America's geography and I'm from this fucking country. So bear with me. I barely know um, geography and I live in Australia. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I barely know the city I live in. Like, geography. where's Athens? <laughs> north? What's north? Which north? Northwest? North. Northeast or north north? Which north? north? <laughs> Straight north? <laughs> It's more to the left. Um, so this is the really crazy thing. So Kellett heard this, called his mom, and convinced his mom to drive him to go get Catherine out of this psychiatric hospital and go get baby Melissa back. You dumb idiot. Dude. That calls for an errand, dude. Dude. So- dude. He fucked, well, and the chick that he left her for originally, he got her pregnant. So he, yeah, must not be a lot. A long, long time ago, I was a hoe. (laughs) When my kids ask me why they have two fathers. A long, long time ago, I was a hoe. (laughs) That's a great Just saying, that's fucking hilarious. Um, So they go to get Catherine. They go to Catherine's mom's house to get the baby. And that's when David's mom witnessed Catherine savagely attack her mother and was absolutely shocked. She had never seen anything like that before. She was trying to get the baby back and Catherine just started wailing (laughs) on her mom, like hitting her in the back and every, it was just so fucking crazy. I don't mean to laugh. I'm just like, (laughs) oh no. (laughs) Oh my God, I got attacked. I'm just picturing this woman just absolutely going insane on this person. Like, honey, honey, it's okay. Put it away. Calm down. And David's telling his mom, like, this is just what she does. Like, this is just... I would have been like, I'm sorry, this is what she does? And you wanted me to go get her? And I would have smacked him in the face. I would have been like... So, um... After they get back together, they later move from Queensland to Brisbane, Australia, and uh, Catherine got a job at another abattoir. They move into a home, and Catherine decorated the entire home with her knives. Well, she had all these her knives the around her above her bed. Um, by 1979, 
uh, David had actually caught Catherine in bed with another man. So here we go. If I was David, I would have been like, great, good, bye. Okay, <laughs> bye. Thank you, Jesus. Um, she begged and begged and begged for him back and begged him for another child. Not only do I want you back, but I want another child. I think in her mind, she thought the kid, she thought a kid fixed everything. So after six years of being together, she became pregnant with a second child. And, uh, that was, she gave birth in 1980 to a second daughter named Natasha. Now, prior to that, when she was still pregnant, David came home late one night and she had a thing with coming home late. You came home when she fucking wanted you home or there was going to be problems. He was in, he played darts. He was in a dart competition. Didn't think anything of it because he was winning. Ended up winning, came home late. She savagely attacked him and caved his skull in with a cast iron skillet. Yeah, so basically, heavy he too. walked through the door, pissed drunk after winning a bunch of money in the middle of the night, swings the door open, and the next thing he sees is a fucking cast iron skillet bludgeoning him in the fucking face. So while so he ends up spending weeks in the, over a week in the hospital. She packed up all of his clothes, threw them in the tub in the bathroom, and lit them on fire while he was in the hospital. That's what you get for staying out late. So, later on in 1980, like I mentioned, she gives birth to Natasha. That was and... also a huge joke. You don't fucking do that shit. Oh my god, no. That's controlling to a whole nother she level. She was fucking insane. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, she <clears throat> she was controlling. She was manipulative. And I personally feel really, 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 really fucking sorry for that guy. Like had these two kids by her and she just so after years of dealing with this mind you he met her in so we're going all the way back to 1974 and then married her and then had a kid with her in 1976 so by 1984 for whatever reason uh Catherine left David, after everything she put him through, she just packed up everything, left, and moved back home to Aberdeen uh, to stay with her parents. So two years later, in 1986, she meets another David, a guy by the name of David Saunders, uh, who was a minor. And within months, she moves into his apartment with her kids and starts up her jealous, crazy shit with him. He came home late one night, same old story, and she not only beat him with a hot iron, when he tried to leave her at a later date, she slit his dog's throat right in front of him with one of her butcher knives. And this wasn't just a dog, this was a puppy. I would have killed her. Don't you fucking touch my dog. Oh yeah, bitch, you'd have been dead. <laughs> yeah, bitch, this shit, no, we'd have been two months old, two months old, puppy was two months old. She held the puppy up right in front of him and slit the dog's throat. This one was fucking crazy. Um, the rage I just felt. <laughs> oh! When I'm watching that documentary and they said that, I'm like, bitch, you'd have been dead. I was like, baby, don't listen. I would have stabbed you. I would have stabbed you. Like, that, absolutely not. Like, I would have stabbed you. So, what do you do after she slits your two-month-old throat? You keep fucking this bitch, and then a year later, they have a kid together. Because that's what you do. 
And Why so in nineteen eighty eight fucking this woman. Girl But then again it's like you not can't even say anything because look if it, the roles are switched. How many times have I seen a woman in an abusive relationship where she stays and she stays and she stays? I don't care. No, that dick though, that dick is nothing when somebody's treating you like that. And I don't care how top notch that pussy is. What in the actual fuck? What? Stop really? Really? And there's a lot of hot chicks in Australia, so what the fuck? And she is. Ain't like yeah, it was she, Slim Pickens, and she definitely is not one of them. So I don't know what the fuck. Bitch must have sucked a golf ball through a garden hose. That's the only thing I can think of. There must have been some type of redeeming qualities, because not only was she batshit psycho cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs crazy, she was not attractive at all. <laughs> not in the slightest. And like, these men that she were with was with weren't terrible looking. They were they were decent looking guys. So I don't know. I don't know. There's some hotties in Australia. Time, long time ago, I was a hoe. <laughs> I don't know why that's in my head. I'm sorry. It just is. <laughs> TikTok has destroyed me. Truth. So they have their third child now. Catherine has three daughters, and they're. Third, what was their daughter's name? Okay, so she had the son, Eric, later, but she ended up having three daughters total. It's so quiet. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. We were looking, we were looking for the... Sarah. So now we have Melissa, Natasha, and Sarah. So now she has three daughters. I just didn't get that part in my notes. Apologize, guys. Um, so Saunders finally, finally got away from her. Um, he moved to Newcastle, Australia. And this was not long after... This was in 1989. So this was a year after she gave birth to Sarah. Um, he Actually, I'm sorry. This was two years after he gave birth to Sarah. She told her daughter that uh her dad was dead and because he didn't want she didn't want him to go after their daughter she told sarah that her dad was dead and then she lied to the police and was able to get a protection order against him so there you go she's a keeper it's just, you you go down this rabbit hole of what she did and how many times she could have been caught and nothing happened to her because of the way that she was able to manipulate and lie to people. It's just, it's... Dumber. Just, yeah, yeah. Although, yeah, he's a whole different story. Sometimes he it's easier. Sometimes it's a lot easier than what people think. You read these and you don't think so, but it really can be. Especially back in those days when it wasn't as widely known Exactly. To be. And this is also in the 70s. Yeah. So this is when this starts. This is this when... Is the when 70s was like the start of the serial killer it era. It seems... It definitely seems like it, especially when it's so unknown. You know, there's so much that wasn't known then as much as no, is known now. So I could see why a lot of cues were... People just thought, well, maybe she... She just came from a crazy family, and maybe she really does have postpartum depression, and who knows? And you know, and again, it can be, it can sometimes be very easy for women to manipulate. Oh, yeah. 
especially the system. I feel, she I feel like there are some people listening that are like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and it's like, yes. Um, so by 1990, Catherine meets a man named John Chillingworth. And after being with him for only 11 months in 1991, she gives birth to her only son, Eric, and the only child that her and John had together. Uh, she beat John quite a bit. And uh, also one time breaking his glasses. Uh, oh, after would have been on there. No one with my glasses. Oh, I'm lying, <laughs> so definitely not going to fuck with my glasses. So after three years of putting up with this, uh, he finally leaves her because she has an affair with John Price. And this is where the unfortunate, unlucky Mr. John Price comes into play. He was born April 4th of 1955. He was the father of three and married when he started having an affair with uh, Catherine. Uh, he like it, yeah. He started having the affair in 1993. So uh, they basically same same old story. Just had a lot of sex together. John only only wanted her for sex. Didn't want anything else to to do with her. Um. But he also claimed that she would beat him. Now, Catherine claimed that they basically beat the shit out of each other. It was just kind of tit for tat. They beat each other, have sex, beat each other, have sex, beat each other, have sex. But uh, by all accounts, everybody said John was the sweetest, nicest guy and never would have done anything like that. Never laid a hand on his kids. Never laid a hand on his first wife. And his kids would actually see visible bruises and marks on his body from things that Catherine would do to him. Nobody ever saw anything on her body. So after being together, this was, this would have been by 1995 when his wife had left. Um, this is about 18 months later. She basically forced herself into his home. Um, like I said, John, she wanted to get married, have kids, all this stuff. John didn't want any of that. He's like, you were just a side piece. I just left my wife. Like, no, I'm, I don't want this. Well, she pretty much forced herself into his life. Um, they're living together by this time. Uh, his kids kind of went back and forth on whether they liked her or not. Like, Sometimes it's like at first his kids liked her, but then once she started coming around more and then pretty much started living there, she would mentally abuse his kids. And a lot of it had to do with getting back at him because there were things that she wanted from him that he just absolutely wouldn't do. Um, The really big thing was getting married. Well, one thing led to another when she ended up finding out about a life insurance policy that John had. And he never changed his life insurance policy out of his ex-wife's name. And that really pissed her off. So she demanded $10,000 from him, which would have been the amount of the life insurance policy. And he refused. He's like, I'm not giving you $10,000, even if I had it or not. So when he refused in, I think this was in about 98 or 99, because the murders happened in 2000. So around 98, 99, He, I forget what company he was working for, but he had stolen a bunch of safety kits. They were out of date medical kits at the job that he was working at. Um, 
so basically once they were out of date safety kits, they were thrown away in a trash pile. And he took these and would basically clean them up and resell them or give them away to friends because really there was nothing wrong with them. They were just out of date. So whatever company that had them would consider them expired, but really there was nothing wrong with them. And he's like, well, what's the point of throwing these away? Let me take them. Well, technically he wasn't supposed to. She knew this. So Catherine videotaped all of the stolen safety kits and sent a copy of the tape to his job and to the police. So he wasn't arrested, but after holding his job for 17 years, he got fired. So now this man who was making all of this money, taking care of his three kids, taking care of her, she fucked it all up. Fucked it all up. Uh, he kicked her out, told her he had nothing, told her he wanted nothing to do with her. But then a few months later decided that he wanted to start the relationship up again. Well, I don't understand. I just, I just, (laughs) the whole time I'm taking these notes and watching this thing, I'm screaming that like, I don't get what is happening. Why do you keep going back? This fucking woman. Like (laughs) what, what is it? What is the appeal? What it, I, I don't golf ball through a garden hose. I'm telling y'all it's the only thing I can think of because there's I I don't just no amount of good sex is worth putting up with this type of nonsense so he gets fired the fights continue um oh real quick so when she moved into his house again this crazy bitch has got knives decorated all over the fucking place uh taxidermied animals mechanical parts uh the kids say she'd take apart lawnmowers and just hang the shit all over the walls and And then of course her knives above the bed they also said that because at this time she wasn't working she would lay around all day long not that this has anything to do with people being violent but she would watch really violent gory horror movies i mean the same uh, to her, though, the gorier the better, because she liked the sight of blood. Yeah, she and... was, um, she got off on it. Yeah. Which, I hate to even mention that, because obviously we love those type of movies, but we're not fucking out here killing, skinning people. So, I say that to say, look, the movies definitely didn't make this chick do it, but obviously it was her choice of movie, because... That's what she liked to do. <laughs> she liked to kill things and <sighs> liked bloody shit. So she's going to like to watch that type of stuff on TV. But of course it freaked John's kids out because they were young. Well, I mean, even if, if she watched those movies and didn't do all the other weird shit, it probably it wouldn't, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have thought anything would about it. Would not have been a big deal. But when you're already showing all these instances of violence, you've been locked up in psychiatric hospitals. You have knives everywhere. You take pleasure in killing animals. Oh my God, there's so many of them. So there was a series of assaults that started to happen by February of 2000. And this was days before uh, Price was murdered. So he had gone to, he had by this time had had, uh, found another job. And was telling co-workers that she had stabbed him in the chest. And he finally kicked her out of the house again. And 
with the uh, assistance and encouragement by his co-workers, he goes to the authorities to report the assault, but they dismissed it. They said that he would have to come back within three weeks for him to be able to get a restraining order. And it, it just... It's he just even ridiculous. said, I don't think I'll last that long. No, that's exactly what he said. And it's just, <clears throat> the system just totally fucking failed this guy. Totally failed this guy. So his coworkers begged him that afternoon not to go home after he had left the uh, police station. But he was terrified that she was going to kill his kids. She was. He knew that if I leave her anywhere in access alone to my kids, she's going to kill my kids. Which I think she would have. I think she would have definitely killed his kids. Um, so he went home that night. Uh, he found Knight there by herself. And she had sent the kids over to a friend's house for a sleepover. So he spent the evening with the neighbors. And that night, uh, she had done something really crazy. She bought a new black negligee. And videotaped herself with all of her kids and his kids and basically was saying things that sounded almost like a will. Like it was just really out of her mind and why you would put on laundry in front of your fucking kids. I have literally no idea. So anyway, she goes back over to Price's house and uh, he falls asleep. She stays up, watches TV um, at some point, I don't know if she changed. Okay, wait. Okay, that's right. So she came back to the house, took a shower, changed back into the negligee, had sex, and then he fell asleep. Well, during that night, she climbed back on top of him, started having sex with him again, and that's when she stabbed him. She ended up stabbing him over 37 times. At one point, they said he tried to run out of the house to get away from her. But she was able to get him back in the house where she continued to stab him. Um, and guys, I'm going to make a lot of this pretty short because this crime scene was incredibly graphic. And I really don't want to get into a lot of the details about what happened. But I'll kind of give you the Reader's Digest version. If you guys want to get into the Wikipedia page, it goes into entire detail about what happened. But just letting you guys know that this crime scene was so so disturbing that there were officers that either quit or had complete and total nervous breakdowns after this happened. The one guy even to... said he had it. He's still like having therapy. Because they showed the crime scene video again in court. Yeah. So those officers, even to this day, so you're talking 20 years later. Well, by 2017 is when this documentary came out. But pretty much, we're having to get therapy even years afterwards because they had never seen anything like this before. So, so, so basically, between that, basically between eleven o'clock and six a.m. the next day, she stabbed him thirty-seven times. She cut off his head, skinned his body, put his head in a pot on the stove, took his other body parts, and set them out on dinner plates with place settings that had sadistic notes for each one of his children. She hung the skin suit on a hook in the doorway, which police later said looked like a wetsuit. And she then took a number of sleeping pills and what was later uh, deemed a fake suicide attempt, and she passed out. 
So when neighbors noticed the next morning that uh, Price hadn't left for work, they called the police, and that's when they found Knight comatose with a large bottle of pills next to her, and they found the whole thing that happened throughout the house. Like I said, if you guys want to read it on Wikipedia, it is a lot of fucking detail. Um, sometime in between that night, though, uh, this is actually before she dismembered the body after she had stabbed him. She had taken his ATM card and, or taken his uh, credit card, rather, had gone to an ATM and had withdrawn a thousand dollars out of the account. Um, that was pretty much what led people to know on top of a couple of other things during the course of her trial that this was just bullshit. This was not insanity. Uh, even at some point she tried to say that it was self-defense because one of the notes that she wrote in the place setting said something about him trying to rape her daughter, which obviously never happened. She just was batshit crazy and made all that up. Um, she'd even told her brother three weeks prior to the murder that she was going to kill him and make it look like she was crazy and get away with it. Her brother actually testified against her on the stand and that that, along with her taking the $1,000, sealed it. So the next morning when the police came in and they arrested her, they didn't immediately take her to jail. They actually took her to a hospital because, you know, like we stated, she had, quote unquote, attempted suicide. Uh, according to her, she had no memory of the murder after it happened. She had no memory of the murder whatsoever. Uh... But now later, when they questioned her, she still claimed to have no memory of the murder, but she did admit six months prior to stabbing him and assaulting him, which his co-workers has said is what initially had led him to deciding uh, weeks before the murder to go to the police and try to file charges on her and even get a restraining order for assault against her that he was unable to get. So that was really crazy because it's like, how do you not remember what happened the night of this <sighs> brutal? Everything that she did, clearly you can't say that you had no memory of unless you just had a complete and total psychotic break. And I doubt it. This was way too methodical, way too thought out and done. This woman cooked a whole ass meal out of his body and then hung his skin up. This took a lot. She did even more to the... Guys, just, there's a lot. There's a lot that she did. The documentary <laughs> didn't even go into it. Every single bit of it in detail is on Wikipedia if you guys want to read it. What she did and desecrated to this body did not happen from a blackout moment. She thought this out. She wanted to do this to him. This, this was cold, calculated, and, and planned. She planned this. And again, her own brother testified on the stand that she was going to try to make it look like she was crazy. Two psychiatrists did ultimately conclude that she had borderline personality disorder. But her legal team had planned to say that she was an amnesiac and had a disassociative disorder, which quite possibly she could have. Because like we mentioned back when she was a kid, disassociation kind of became her tool to break away from all of the abuse that she had. 
So it was obviously something she just used for the rest of her life as a defense mechanism. But obviously psychiatrists weren't buying it in this case. And I would like to say that even with borderline personality disorder, that's a very common disorder. And it's dismissive to say that that is possibly the reason why she did this. I truly doubt that. I think that she came from a very unfortunate circumstance. And instead of trying to switch her life around, she used it to her advantage to be evil, cold, and calculated to manipulate as many people as possible. She was a serial abuser and got a, and unfortunately an innocent life now is gone. And there's three kids without a father because this woman brutally, brutally, brutally murdered this man. Um, Like I said, even the crime scene tape in the, in the court was just fucking crazy um apparently when they showed the tape she became hysterical on the stand and had to be sedated uh she had no lack of remorse whatsoever and the judge did point that out during the trial um by october of 2001 and the murder was in february of 2000 Catherine pleaded guilty and she was sentenced to life in prison um and i think that that is exactly what she deserved because she just she was sick she was a sick person and i doubt that there was any way shape or form that she would have gotten away with it there was no way the the doctor saw right through it the judges saw right through it so yeah she was sentenced um, in 2006. It states on Wikipedia that she tried to appeal her life sentence, claiming that the penalty of life in prison without the possibility of parole was too severe for the murder. Uh, court justices in Australia dismissed her appeal. And the main judge wrote that the crime was appalling and that it was almost beyond contemplation in a civilized society, which is very true. Uh, and like we said, and I think that played a big role in a lot of this, is the fact that it was done by a woman. I mean, her exes took the stand and talked about how incredibly abusive she was. Her brother spoke out about the her childhood and her violent outbursts she would have. Um, in this documentary, we watched too, uh, the first guy we mentioned, David Kellett, who was uh, the Natasha and the first two girls' uh, father. Um, before he died, because he died in 2007. During the trial after she was uh, sentenced, his sister said on the documentary that me and my brother were watching it and we said, that could have been me. That could have been me. Wow. She could have killed me. I mean, they all knew. I'm sure they all felt that. Oh my God, yeah. Could you imagine anybody that was with her in the past thought, oh my God, I, I dodged a literal bullet. If she could have killed me, she would have, she would have killed me. But then that's the thing. You guys kept coming back. I didn't understand. I didn't understand if if some of these men, I, I know for a couple of them, especially John Chillingworth, Eric's father, you know, his his big thing is he wanted to stick it out for his kid. 
I think a lot of these guys wanted to do the right thing by their children and didn't want anything to happen to their kids, but they just couldn't fucking deal with her and the abuse. Because they knew, like I said, if they would have tried to do anything to stop her abuse and, and hit her, push her, restrain her in any way, shape, or form, she would immediately go to the cops and say they did that to her, did something to her. Well, John tried, and they were like, nah, come back in three weeks. Yep. He's like, no, y'all listen, I ain't gonna make it three weeks. Even after murdering him, she still just had the most horrible things to say about him and said he was an abuser, tried to rape her daughter. All of that, of course, was incredibly untrue. There were so many people to claim the exact opposite of who John was. And quite enough people to come around and say what kind of person she was. Even well, what her own did, what brother. What did she fucking think was going to happen? Of course she's going to get caught. She didn't care about that. I don't even think she cared about getting caught. She didn't care about any of that. She just was going to have... She just thought that she was going to have the court convinced that he was abusive. It drove her crazy. And that's why she did this. Which, even if that is true, when you ever see murders that are done in self-defense by women that are abused, they're never done in the way that she did it. This was cold, methodical, and calculated. This woman a was A little crazy. overdone. Like, you specifically put his head in a pot and cooked his body for his kids? You made place... <laughs> like, bitch... You Martha stewarded a murder. Like, what the fuck? What How the does one fuck? Martha steward a murder? Place settings. Um, <laughs> so, um, she will never be released. She's had no more appeals. Uh, she apparently refuses visitors. But according to guards and fellow inmates, she is a model prisoner and even a mentor. Oh, good for fucking her. Like, you need to mentor anybody. How to abuse men 101. That is just incredible to me that she is actually, uh, she's actually mentoring women in the prison that she's in and model prisoner takes, takes classes, cleans, has a little job, but refuses visitors, will not do interviews, doesn't talk about the murder, still holds on to the fact that she has no memory whatsoever of the murder, but won't even speak of it. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, Miss Catherine is now 64 years old, and she is in prison at the Silverwater Women's Correctional Center in Australia. She's really close to my mom's age. God. Really close. I almost wonder what happened to her kids. I'm sure all of those kids are like, who? <laughs> Yeah, that's the one thing I always think to myself is his what kids in were the world. on the on the documentary. His kids were mm-hmm. his kids were in the documentary, and I'd say her about, kids are probably and spoke out about her. Well, you know what I think it is. I think it's like any other. You know, we when we did our episode about Ted Bundy, mm-hmm. and people were so interested in what happened with Ted Bundy's child. Uh, we did our one about Gacy. Gacy had kids. Um, you know, you, you wonder when your own parent is tied to something like that, 
you don't want to be tied to that in any way, shape, or form. And I totally understand it. Charles Manson's son changed his name and then later just could not take the 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 pressure of of being in any way connected to that and he committed suicide. So it's you you live with that, you have to know that I I wouldn't want anything about my life to be public. I mean, any of these kids, everybody knows who Catherine Knight is in Australia. So if they still live in Australia, I would think they would be under assumed names. I I would change their name. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to because everybody knows who you are now. Everybody knows who you are since this murder came out. I mean, this was widespread news, especially in a country where you don't have a lot of violent crimes like that, period. But also, it's done by a woman who's had a history of violence and nothing's done about it. So, yeah, I, I feel terrible for those kids. I feel terrible for those kids. I feel so bad for John Price's kids. Condolences to them. I mean, that's a horrible thing. Because by all accounts, the guy was very nice and a doting uh father and loved his kids and it's they just still a very highly of very him, so. highly of their father still speak highly of their father and yeah. it's just a really sad unfortunate situation the one daughter said at the end of um the documentary that she for that she actually forgives Catherine she forgave her for murdering her father in such a horrific way. And like we said, guys, I know we didn't get into the, all the gory, bloody details here, but I'm, I, I don't feel comfortable talking about it because it is really fucked up. And if you guys want to read about it, like I said, it's all um, either murderpedia.com or it's all on Catherine Knight's Wikipedia page in all its bloody, gory detail. I didn't want to get into it. I, I mean, the wetsuit part enough was enough for me. Yeah, that was enough. The head cut <laughs> off the, here's dad's body parts for your plates, kids. And the wetsuit body hanging from the hook. Cops actually walked in and moved it aside because they didn't, it was literally, so it's in the front doorway. So you have to walk by it to even get into the house. So they brushed it aside. They thought it was a curtain. They didn't even know what it was. Jesus Christ. And they walk into literally blood everywhere, head in the pot, all this crazy shit in the kitchen. She's pla- she's passed out. And then by the time they get her woken up and try to get her together, they look and they realize that is not a curtain. I would have been like, and I quit my job and then walked out. Yeah, I'd have been like... <laughs> Today is the day I'm Thank you and good night. Uh, <laughs> That's why I couldn't become a criminal. Criminal, No. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Yeah, skin suit was enough for me. So, yeah, guys. Took a little lesson out Ed Gaines' book, did we? Oh, my fucking God. So that was the story of Catherine Knight. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, that was heavy. Um, but, yeah, like I said, my... My biggest reason with wanting, we've been talking about doing Catherine Knight for a while, but I just thought it was really interesting to pick her as our true crime right after we had Eileen as our true crime. Because even though both of them are female murderers, it's I feel like, very differently about both of them. 
Very they're, different. They're like night and day. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. That was really bad, guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've done. I do stupid. I know. I know. That's why I had to. Because first I knew. things first, Emma Rillis. Because I. <laughs> okay, but that was actually funny. That was. <laughs> That was actually it was. funny. So, guys, we hope you enjoyed our... We hope you enjoyed the... <laughs> And if you're wondering why Becky read most of that... So, um, next week... It's still not movie week yet. We have one more before oh, movie week. We have quite a few movies still to watch. <laughs> I do. You only have, like, oh, three. Oh, that's right. That is true. I have... Six. It's going to be a long, a long three movies. <laughs> Mine's going to be a long four. Because I really didn't like them. Well, you just didn't like seven. True. And now that you know Orphan Black was in number six, now you're just like... Now I'm just like, hey! <laughs> Die, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're getting tortured. No one to Protect my babies. Um, so guys, next week, uh, Becky actually figured this place out, um, for our haunted location episode. It's a place in Ohio called Helltown. Yeah. Um, so guys, there was a documentary that, well, pseudo documentary that came out last year on the Travel Channel called Helltown. And it is based on Boston, Ohio, which is, became known as Helltown. And we will definitely get more in depth with the story next week. But uh, the documentary is is pretty fictional. Um, it's it goes into a lot of details about a Wendigo and shit like that, and that's speculation. I don't believe that's what's going on in that area. I can see why Indian land and whatnot. But uh, the do- yeah, it's it's very fictional, but it does give a lot of information early on about how the town came to be, uh, how it came to no longer exist, and how it subsequently got the uh, nickname Helltown. A lot of history in this town. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the original, from everything I could find, if people are wanting to go there, a lot of the original buildings were torn down in 2016. And I think that had a lot to do with the story catching on and people trespassing and things like that. So, um, it's right outside of Cleveland in a area called Cuyahoga Valley. Um, so it's pretty north, pretty far north from Ohio, from where, from where we are in Ohio. So it'd probably be like, yeah, it'd be like a four and a half, five hour trip. But, um, it's actually one that my dad brought to my attention. Uh, he really liked this documentary a lot. Thought it was really interesting, even though obviously, like I said, a lot of parts of it were fake. But um, the history of this town is really, really fucking crazy. So when we get into it, you can see why people speculated for a lot of years that maybe there were some devil worshippers. Maybe, maybe there was a fucking Wendigo. Who knows? I don't know, but. A lot of crazy shit happened in Helltown, so I'm excited because I, I have I have no idea really, about this at all. So really, I'm excited to really excited to research, to research more into about it. this. This is it's it's a really really crazy story. Crazy stories always lead to the best 
urban legends, folklores, because all of that stuff is based in truth somewhere. somewhere. Yep. So Helltown's going to be a good one. I'm excited. So, Happy guys, dance. a word from our sponsor. Who? <laughs> I just made myself <laughs> gag. Calm your body down. I'm sorry. That was like I accidentally somehow made myself gag. I'm you're sure like word from our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> like, like no, our, no. Our, the bath bombs are great. I don't know why I'm over here gagging. The fuck. So guys, you ever like uh, done a weird thing with your mouth or your tongue, and you it makes you gag, and like you're like, what the fuck? You're like, I don't know why that just happened, but it's not why you think. Um, no. Uh, guys, yes, bath bombs are great, and <laughs> bath bombs are great. Bath, bath bombs, bombs are, are great. good. You should, or no, put them in the water. Like you should. <laughs> it's terrible. Go on. That's okay. No, that was perfect. Um, so guys, like I mentioned, if you've been following on the social media, the Instagram page at CRBD, the DFWTO 50% coupon code will end the end of June. Um, now that things are starting to get better, um, more jobs are starting to open back up. More things are starting to get somewhat semi-normal. Um, I have decided to go ahead and suspend the sale. But rest assured, the free body cream will continue with every, 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 every purchase. It is important to moisturize our skin after we are washing our hands. So the body cream is going to be very important and come in handy. So that will still be a free offer with every purchase, even after the DFWTO coupon code ends in June. So please take advantage of that, guys. It's a really great sale. There will not be another sale that will come back around until Christmas. So please take advantage of it. Um, we have the bath bombs and we have the new lavender body scrub. So please check that out. That's something totally different that I've decided to do because I did try to take into consideration that some people may not have bathtubs. So mix that with some essential oils. It is great in a shower. So um, again, thank you guys for all the support. The Etsy shop is etsy.com. Search Calm Your Body Down. See Your BD is the Instagram page. And calmyourbodydown.com is the website for any more information. And thank you again. Calm your body down. Oh, that was so <laughs> It was so much like breathing. And then I was like, <sighs> deep breath. Um, and so if you want to follow us <laughs> on our social media, please give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, All of the socials. Make sure to spell it out to it like with the apostrophe or you won't find us. I uh, wanted to give you just a heads up. We are eight followers away from 2000. So there will definitely be a surprise for that coming soon. We're, we are going to have a business meeting to discuss what we're doing. Um, also, if you want to give us a follow, and you should because we're only eight followers away from 2000 on Podbean, which is insanely awesome. Um, give us a follow on Podbean, CastBox, Podcast Player, Podcast Addicts, and Spotify. Um, you'll know whenever we put out new content, which is every Wednesday, like we always. 
It do. Is that everything? <laughs> we got it. Do we got it? We got it. We nailed all of it. All right. The One more thing. Where to listen. All that great stuff. Got it. Go watch War from the Black. Yes. You're welcome. Got okay, it. guys. Have a great week. We love you. Goodbye. Okay,